Welcome to the Bible Unbound podcast, Ancient Mysteries of the Scriptures Explored. This morning we're going to continue our investigation into sort of the background and introductory considerations to the book of Revelation. This time we're going to look at the seven parallel divisions that are laid out for us in the book of Revelation, seven parallel divisions that seem to tell the same story, but intensify toward the end of the book. Now, this audio edition is taken from a live recording, and so that's going to uh, bring some difference in audio quality as well as uh, a little bit of background noise, crying babies, and, and things like that. But we think you'll enjoy the podcast as it is, and so settle in now, and let's look at the book of the Revelation, Seven Parallel Views. Uh, so, so these are the seven parallel uh, sections that kind of ramp up. Um, first one is what we would call Christ in the midst of the lampstands. This is chapters one through three. This is the picture of Christ in the midst of the golden lampstands. Chapter 1 makes it clear, verse 20, that the lampstands are the churches. Okay? So it's Christ in the midst of the churches. And that's why in chapters 2 and 3, you have letters to the seven churches. And what's interesting is that um, the section starts with this vision of the ascended Christ, and it ends with a picture of his second coming hinted at in some of the words to the churches. It seems that this section, chapters 1 through 3, in the progressive parallel scheme, would would incorporate Christ's ministry on earth to his second coming. That's the period that it covers. That's the story of the first projection of this story of the book of Revelation. Christ on the throne to Christ's second coming. All right, the second section would be the vision of heaven and the seals. You'll know that in John chapter 4, it starts off with the call. John, come up here. And John looks to heaven, he sees a door that's open. He comes into the door, and he's in the throne room of Almighty God. He sees a crystal sea, he sees an emerald rainbow, he sees the Ancient of Days sitting on the throne, the thunders, the lightnings, and all of the sounds of the angels and the beasts and the living creatures are just filling the air with all the sound of glory. And, And then he sees... John sees this angel who's saying who can come and take the scroll from the one who sits upon the throne and he says he sees a lamb so you see this picture of Jesus coming into heaven receiving his glory receiving his authority all power is given to me and that's the picture of taking the scroll he's given authority because then he takes the scrolls or the seals and he starts to loose the seals and as he looses the seals things happen on the earth This would be the second parallel um, circle or cycle of of the story. And notice something interesting. How does that story end? How does that picture, that second picture, chapters 4 through 7, how does that end? Well, it ends like this. And they say to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us 
and hide us from the face of the one sitting on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for it came the day of the great one of their wrath, and who is able to stand? What's that a picture of? Judgment. Mountains falling on, people crying out, because the wrath of the Lamb has come. That's judgment. When does judgment happen? At the end. So we have this thing where we've come to the end of the story. Then you come to the next section, which would be the seven trumpets, and that takes in chapters 8, 9, 10, and 11. Its central theme is the seven trumpets that affect the world. And you see this hint of what's happening with the church through the two witnesses, through the angel who's given words to the church. John is to eat these words. There seems to be some development in the concept of the people of God under persecution, represented by the two witnesses. But the section again, just like the first ones, ends with this scene. The dominion over the world became the dominion of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever, and the nations were wroth, and thy wrath has come, and the time of the dead to be judged. That's how the section ends. What do you got again? Judgment. Okay, are we ready to start a new section? Well, maybe so. Let's look at it. Chapter 12, 13, and 14 would be the fourth section, and this is one we would call the persecuting dragon. How does that section begin? It begins with a clear reference to the birth of Jesus Christ. Notice chapter 12, verse 4, And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth. To a male child, one who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Sounds like Psalm 2, Psalm 110. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Very clear reference to the Savior Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Guess how this section ends. Surprise, surprise. Chapter 14, verse 14. And I saw, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud I saw one sitting like unto a son of man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And he that sat on the cloud cast his sickle upon the earth, and the earth was reaped. Kind of sounds like the judgment, second coming. Then we come to the fifth section, what we call the seven bowls, chapters 15 and 16. And at the end of chapter 16, we have this little statement, and every island fled away and the mountains were not found. Again, seems like something that happens on judgment day. Okay, the fall of Babylon would be our next section. That's chapter 17, 18, and 19. A very clear description of Christ's coming in chapter 19 at verse 11. And I saw the heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat thereon called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and does battle. Okay, so how many times is judgment going to come upon the earth? 
Judgment comes once. But we seem to have reference to seven judgments here in the book of Revelation. Maybe it's one of those internal uh, indicators that we've got something here that's parallel to the first ones, second one, third one, fourth one. It may be because they all end in this scene of judgment. It could be that they are parallel and it could also be that they are progressive. Things are notching up. Get into that in much more detail next week. But let's look at the last one, the great consummation. Great consummation. Back in Genesis or back in Revelation 12, we saw a picture in those early verses of the birth of Christ. Very clear, right? And in the midst of that picture, there's a statement that John makes. And I saw the dragon cast out of heaven. Something happened to the devil when Christ was born, or much more so really when Christ died and was resurrected. Something about the coming of Christ greatly affected the devil. Well, guess how this last section starts? With a reference to the devil being cast into a pit and chained with a chain. Hmm. Very similar to the way Revelation 12 puts it. Then you see, as Revelation 20 goes on, you see a very clear picture of the overthrow of Satan in direct connection with his coming judgment. That's in chapter 20, verses 10 and 11. And then you see the inauguration of the fullness of heaven, of paradise, of the new heavens and the new earth. This is the biggest of the big picture. Satan completely smothered and the new heavens and the new earth inaugurated. And so it, these are the seven parallel sections. And by the way, that, that last section uh, seems to be that chapters 21 and 22 last two books of the Bible, which portray the new heavens and the new earth. There's a lot of language in those two chapters that's taken right out of, guess what book? Genesis. Taken right out of Genesis. Tree of life, river, Eden, New heavens, new. It, it's almost as though Revelation 21 and 22 is the new book of Genesis. The second Genesis. The Genesis that inaugurates the new heavens and the new earth. You can imagine what it would feel like for Jews who were under, who had lost everything they had. They lost family members and they felt so dark and 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 Germany was such the oppression was so thick and you can imagine a little family huddled together in the back of some army vehicle and they're being brought to a place and they assume that they're being brought to a concentration camp or a ghetto And they realize finally at the end, as the door opens up, that they're on the border of Switzerland. 
and the truck that had been carrying them were freedom fighters. And they opened the back of the truck, and this little huddled family looks up at the peaks of the Alps in Switzerland, and they see freedom. And they merge into that nation. It's like turning a chapter so, so profoundly in their, in their felt experience. That's what it will be like only 10,000 times more when this new book of Genesis, Revelation 20, 21 22, pictures us going from this earth, which at that point is going to look a whole lot darker than it seems like now. I just got my car stolen. It's a pretty dark place. These, these snaky-like guys running around stealing cars. But you know what? It's going to look a whole lot worse when I enter into that new heaven and new earth and I taste that Environment, and I breathe that air, and I look back, and I go, "Whoa!" And that Revelation twenty-one, twenty-two will then be my new book of Genesis. I'll go back, and I'll just, you know, if we have Bibles there, that's that's going to be my Genesis. In the new beginning, God renewed the heavens and the earth, and He saw that it was good. Only that time, they're not going to screw it up. That's going to be it. Okay, I think that that's probably as far as I want to go for this morning. Okay, well, thank you for joining us on the Bible Unbound podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you again next week. Bye-bye.